Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, and so every week on the show, we try to make it a little more pleasant for about half an hour. I'm gonna play a game with one guest who is guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant. As we play a game, I will assign them points based on how much the answers to my questions cheer me up specifically. The winner, of course, receives a $100 grand prize donation to the cause or charity of their choice, and we each give pep talks to people or groups that we think deserve it this week, because it's not all about me here, it's just mostly about me. My guest today is a New York Times bestselling author, as well as the host of the Bad With Money podcast and the co-host of the hit podcast Just Between Us, both hit podcasts, I don't know why I specified one. She's also the writer of the new Audible original audio series, Apocalypse Untreated. Welcome to the show, Gabby Dunn. Hey, Gabby. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, it's such a pleasure, of course. How are you holding up? I'm okay. I'm at my partner's parents' house in New York in their basement. And we've been here for a little bit. And then I'm supposed to go to Florida to see my parents. So I'm just flying a plane right into a giant whirlpool of disaster. (laughs) I don't know. Your mom texted me yesterday about flipping the Senate uh, in favor of Democrats, uh, voting in the runoff elections, canvassing, donating. I Uh thought that was was very sweet. It's always nice to hear from your mom. I was going to say, how many of your guests, parents, have you received text messages from? It's not that many, (laughs) if any. You might be the first guest whose parents I routinely hear from, sometimes on purpose. Your mom texts me on purpose. And then your dad uh, will occasionally text me by accident because uh, I have the same name as your brother. (laughs) You have the same first name as my brother, yeah. And also, he... He would also still have to have your phone number. That's not a surprise that he has my phone number. But I am, he'll text me like, are you coming to Passover this year? And I'll be like, that's, I, it would be unexpected. <laughs> I, the, I honestly, as much as I love your parents, they're <laughs> not in my top four to five places to spend Passover. <laughs> Is to go to Florida. I don't Florida. think that's it's, insulting. I don't. I don't mean it as an insult, and and I hope they don't take it as such. And again, love them. Nothing against them. It's just I. I have family obligations if I'm going to go somewhere <laughs> for Passover. I think we're ready to jump into the game. Yes. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Perfect. Today's game is called Badass with Money. Gabby, in your book and on your podcast, Bad With Money, you talk about the kinds of myths of personal finance that we hear over and over, as well as the institutional barriers to financial literacy and stability that a lot of people face. In this game, you'll be asked to fully throw financial caution to the wind. I'm going to give you hypothetical sums of money, and you tell me the most awesome way to spend that money. Okay. As always, I will be scoring answers based on accuracy, creativity, and especially on how much they cheer me up on a personal level. Are you ready to play Badass with Money? Yes. Terrific. First question. You find a scratch-off lottery ticket on the street, Mm -hmm. unscratched. Mm -hmm. You scratch it off, Mm -hmm. and it's a $50 winner. Mm -hmm. What is the best thing to do with a surprise $50? Again, not the, like, most responsible. It's not, like, just, like, the awesomest. 50 more scratch-off tickets, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What? What am I, dumb? Mm -hmm. 50 more scratch-offs. 50 scratches, yeah. Because out of all of those, probably you'll win another $50. It's called doubling on your investment. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will say using your scratcher money to buy more scratchers is the townie pay it forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then from those, because I don't know what the odds are, 
But mm-hmm. from those, probably not good. No. Out of 50, you think out of 50 scratch offs, you're not going to at least win 50 more dollars. I do you're think you're afraid to break even. You think you won't break That's even? That's not. Do you think they design scratch off lottery tickets so that <laughs> everyone who plays eventually breaks even? If you bought, no, but if you bought 100 scratch offs, you wouldn't make zero. All of them would be zero. Totally agree. I don't think they would be zero, but that is such a big swing from if you buy $50, you'll make $50. <laughs> I don't. You got to break some eggs to make an omelet. Okay. $50, 50 scratchers. Yep. <laughs> Final answer. So you, so you, and then if you win any more, uh-huh. you will in, reinvest that in more scratchers is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Is the only eventuality that causes, that breaks this loop mm-hmm. running out of money? Or is there an amount of money you can go over the $50 that you're like, I'm walking away from the table? Well, Josh, if I win $1 million, I'm not going to buy $1 million. <laughs> I, I don't know. That just seems to be the logic you're operating under. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the rule is if you win, if you win over $100, you okay. cannot get 100 scratch-offs. You okay. just keep the $100. That sounds, that sounds sound. Yeah. That's good, that's good advice. Then you buy groceries or whatever. Groceries or whatever. Yeah, this is a good answer. I'm going to say this is worth 100 points because that's the amount in dollars you seem to think you would win if you bought 100 $1 scratchers. Sometimes you do a scratcher and it says you win another scratcher. That's true. That's how they get you. That, you know, that is how they get you. It is literally how they get you. <laughs> that is, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're already so annoyed at me, and I'm, I'm not annoyed so at all. Happy. This is perfect. Okay, this is exactly what I want from this game. Okay, next question: A mysterious and cool as hell stranger leaves you five thousand dollars in their will with the stipulation that you spend it irresponsibly. Okay, how do you spend this five thousand dollars? It's tough because okay. here's the, here's some ways it could go. Okay, I could just go into a plastic surgeon yep. and say. Do you see my face? F- fix it. <laughs> That's horrible. Fix, not fix it, but like, uh, there's a part of me that wants to look like an Instagram filter. Like, you I feel like. You have lived in Los Angeles for too long that you would just go, that your first thing is like, I'll just go to a plastic surgeon for a tune up. <laughs> Yeah. Again, this is not to judge yeah. how anyone wants to look. <laughs> I want to look like Charo. Like, I want to look, I don't even, I don't want it to look, I don't want it to look real. Like, I want it to look like I have money. Like, I'm a Beverly Hills housewife. Like, I want, I want to have no under eye circles. I want my lips to be huge. I want, mm-hmm. like, there is a weird part of me that's like, I, like, whatever you think can be fixed, because plastic surgeon you're the expert whatever you think could be fixed like let's do it i, I shouldn't have been so judgy up front i'm sorry <laughs> no. that i was judgmental it just i was uh <laughs> i was I'm taken aback yeah i was taken aback oh a big one so my partner's a transmasculine person mm-hmm. and like my thing for a little while was to be like i don't want to you're the boy Oh, then, that's good. Yeah. And then it's good because it's affirming, but I also means that I don't have to do things. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I think that's a really sweet and selfish <laughs> thing that you're doing. Um, so $5,000 of I don't want to, right? What does that buy you? Like there are some days where I would pay someone $5,000 just to do my dishes. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredibly irresponsible as the the question dictates $5,000. Yeah. Like I do want to travel, but I, that's been so 
put so far out yeah. of my brain. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Okay. For my birthday this year, one thing I was going to do that obviously couldn't happen because of COVID is I was going to rent out a roller rink mm-hmm. and then just invite everyone yeah. and like have the roller rink be rented out. So like, what if I rented out like the Pentagon? The Pentagon? Yeah. That's and then we cool. were, and then we were allowed to look through all the files in the Pentagon for and like you think, one hour. You think that would cost five thousand dollars? How much could it cost? There's no way. We get. Do you know why? Wait, how much could I bribe a former president to tell me if aliens are real? Jimmy Carter. Do you think I could pay? I mean, every president is bad. Let's be real. I but honestly like, think you could. Don't, I honestly think you could give Jimmy Carter five thousand dollars. He would give you like a like a wink if aliens yeah. were real, and then he would probably donate it to Habitat for Humanity. I hope, right? What if I yeah. said to him, Jimmy Carter, I will donate five thousand dollars. You gotta call him by his first name and last name. No official title. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, I will give. I will. JC, pay, what is he like? Peanuts. I'll give you five thousand dollars. I'll pay $5,000 to like natural peanut observatory or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And you yep. tell me if aliens are real. I think he, I think you would do it. Okay. So those are my two options. Both great answers. You get 51 points. That's for Area 51, of course. And you get 210 points, of course, for 90210, the last three digits of that, because you're going to eventually look like one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Excellent. Moving on. Next question. <laughs> okay. If you could make $250,000 a year as some kind of outlaw, what kind of criminal enterprise would you be a part of? I would love to steal from the from rich people. Okay. I love a heist, but the problem with a heist, a heist. is that you have to split the money. Criminal enterprise. <laughs> Is that the problem with us? <laughs> That's the problem. I feel like I've. this is the episode for which I've had the most follow-up questions that are just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Here's what I'm interested in. Please. Counterfeiting. <laughs> Counterfeiting. That's pretty good. Okay. So here's what I'm interested in. Counterfeiting. Victimless crime. Kind of, yeah. And also counterfeiting like works of art so like the person who's like gone through the trouble of like meticulously recreating like a matisse painting and then Mm -hmm. like selling that for a ton of money and it's like fake or the person you know like that isabella stewart gardner museum heist yes of course i think about that all the time yeah it's the greatest have you listened to the podcast about it last scene no you're gonna but what happened to those paintings josh where did they go they never nobody knows nobody knows so I would do that where I steal paintings. Okay. Okay, let me think this crime through. I steal no, this the is paintings. Great. Yes. Then I make Step copies one. of the paintings. Yes. <laughs> okay. Counterfeits. Then I say, oh my God, I found the paintings. They were in my dumpster or whatever. Then I okay. then I give them back the fake you ones. You give the real ones back. Oh, no, you give the them fake the fake ones, ones back. Okay. And then I sell the real ones. Couple of questions here. <laughs> Please, I'm 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 awaiting follow-ups. <laughs> Why not just sell the real ones? It saves you this step because of having to no, meticulously Josh, forge a painting. No, <laughs> because I can't. Have, I have to. The police have to think it's solved, so they're not on my case. But I have to. When you I have hold to, on, no, hold I have on. to get them distracted, so then they hang them up. 
in the museum and the police go, case solved. And then the paintings are back up in the museum. And then I turn to the camera and I go, wink. And, uh, yeah. and then they're like, oh, well, I'm so glad these paintings were returned. It was a misunderstanding. But then okay. secretly I have the real paintings and I sell them. And, and nobody looks at me twice because the paintings are returned. So the person buying the paintings from yes, you. right. They know it's real. But they have to keep their mouth shut. And it's mutually assured destruction because <laughs> they are buying the paintings. This plan is so convoluted. <laughs> you ever been to a museum, Josh? Have I ever been to a museum? Yeah, art museum. You? I have, yes. Okay, how do you know that that's the real one of that painting? So the, one more follow-up question. Please. These perfect meticulous forgeries. <laughs> yeah. Who's doing those? <laughs> Me. Okay, that's great. Because I love it. what happened was 10 years before. <laughs> what happened was 10 years before what? <laughs> 10 years before the heist. Oh, okay, 10 years 10 before years the heist. 10 years before the heist. I took, I, I started rigorously, <laughs> I started rigorously teaching myself how to copy the styles of artists such mm-hmm. as Degas. Such as Degas, sure, Rembrandt. for example. And Rembrandt, yeah, that's another one. And you know what? I could probably fake a Picasso. Does Picasso even know what Picasso looks like? <laughs> Question for the ages. Right. Jackson Pollock, what are they going to do? Be like, one yeah. splotch is missing, please. Yeah. <laughs> Missed a splotch. <laughs> um, <clears throat> mostly because I don't want to split the profits. <laughs> oh right, right, right. That's that's the motivation of this whole thing is because you because the problem with a heist, as you said, yeah, uh, is the splitting of the profits. Yeah, the paths you've gone down on this have been perfect and wonderful. I love this. Okay, and this is worth ninety points, <gasps> which is the year nineteen ninety was the year of the heist at the Isabella Stewart Garden. That's Museum. right. Yeah, thirty years ago. It is uh, truly a recommendation for anyone listening to this podcast. Last scene is my favorite true crime podcast. It's about this art heist that it's the largest unsolved art heist in history. It's so, it's so cool. Okay. Bad news. What? Next question. Uh Next question is bad news. You're busted for your crimes. No! (laughs) But hold on. You're offered a $2.5 million lump sum payment to disappear, leave your life behind and change your identity. What do you do? What? You don't have to take the deal. I would do that now for free. You would now for free just leave it all behind? You can just do that. I know, but it's okay. So here's uh, here's the thing. Yeah. Well, what's the thing? I have like bipolar disorder, and so that's like you know mania and depression, mm-hmm. and so there's like highs and lows, and also I'm a Gemini and like whatever. So mm-hmm. part of it is like. Sure. <laughs> I knew you would hate that. It's a bipolar disorder of zodiac of signs. Of zodiac signs. Is that true or am I being very offensive? No, it's I really true. don't know. I okay. think it's true. But <laughs> okay. so I there are days where I like I'm not sure what is stopping me. Like I would I'm like I'm going to move to Japan and I'm going to change my name and I'm going to I'm going to study psychochemistry, who knows. Mm-hmm. Like cool. I get like things in my head where I'm like I'll do this tomorrow. And so like Probably if they caught me on the right day at the right time before my prescriptions refilled, mm-hmm. I would do it for free. If someone was just like, you want to leave this all behind? You'd be like, I've been waiting for someone to ask <laughs> Honestly, me that. if someone would give me the option. What's tough is that people in the past used to just do that. And now I know. They, you can't. They'll track you. 
It's so much harder. Used to be able to have so many secret families back in the day. My dad has like two. My dad's <laughs> mom just like straight up took off with him. And his dad had no idea where they were for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. And there was like nothing. And like people were like, why didn't he look? And I'm like, where? It was 1947. Yep. Where did he look? Right. The whole world yeah. is a haystack and your family is the needle. Yeah. It's an earth-sized haystack. What is he gonna... Yeah. And so like... You had to also when my dad did find his birth dad, they had to physically mail photos to each other to see what the other one looked like. Wow! Like, do you understand? Like, no. So, so now you can't do that. Now you're like your thumbprint swipes and it's traced back to like your birth certificate. Who the fuck knows? Um, we're all in a police state. So, I guess if someone <laughs> that, that is, I would say the worst problem about our surveillance state. <laughs> way harder to have secret families. <laughs> So if somebody was actually offering to give me money to help me disappear, yeah, that's a win-win, baby. Okay, where do you go? I mean, why would I tell you, you that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, because we're friends. But also, you know what? You don't have to share this not, with God and the podcast audience. And everybody. I'm not. I wouldn't. You know what I would do? I would disappear. Then I one day in like five years, you'll get a call on your phone, blocked number. You I you pick up. You go hello. I just breathe heavily for three seconds and I hang up so and, you'll, and you'll know it's me. That happened to my dad. What happened to your dad? Everything in the guy. world has happened to your dad. There's nothing that hasn't happened to your dad. He broke a guy out of jail in the seventies and then the guy left. He moved to Mexico or wherever he ran mm-hmm. away. He was at, sure. he got broken out of jail. So he disappeared. My dad was like, yeah. I hope he's okay. And then like, Five years later, my dad got a phone blo- phone call from like a payphone, and the guy was just like breathing. And my dad was like, "Rick, is that you?" And the guy just like breathed and then hung up. And my dad was like, "It was Rick. He he was living a good life. He's from escaping from jail." Wow. Yeah. I don't think you actually answered the question. So this. I said yes. I would do it for free. Oh right. Okay. Again, not an answer to the question that I asked. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting information about where your head is at. So, gosh, this is a tough one to score. <sighs> 47 points. Okay. That was a year. 1947 was a year that we mentioned. And my or, dad's over birth year. Your dad's birth year. Yeah. So it's 47 points in honor of your dad's birth. Thanks. That we know of. Could have been. Know. Who knows right, what year could, it happened. He might not have even been born. Yeah, who knows. But <laughs> They could have Jurassic Parked him. That's true. We don't know. We don't know. Next question. Let's say you received a $10 million grant to produce any creative Ugh. or artistic project you want. Okay. What do you do with that money? Oh, my God. I don't know. I guess I would make, like, how much? What, what was it? $10 million? $10 million. Okay, I would make 10 $1 million budget gay movies. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because I would give – there's this thing in, in entertainment where it's like, they unless you've already done the thing, they, like, don't trust you to do the thing. I would want to make like 10 gay movies mm-hmm. and then I would hire all these queer and trans people so that then they would have that on their resume. Right. So they could do the next thing. And then if any of them win any kind of award, they have to thank me the most. I'm going to write a part of their acceptance speech that's mm-hmm. just like thanking me, a genius, wonderful, philanthropic, yeah. incredible yep. person who they wouldn't even be here without me, whatever. And I'll like give them like four sentences that they like have to say if they win an award. And that's like in their contract. 
I also think they should have to saw you off a physical sliver of the award <laughs> that you can keep. And then if you win enough of the one-tenth, right? Okay, so yeah. one-tenth of like an Oscar. Ooh. Because then if everybody wins an Oscar, that's ten-tenths. And you get to I have get like a Oscar. whole Captain Planet Oscar. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. God, that's fun. I just would give a bunch of people their start. That's nice. I think that's that's a very generous way to use that $10 million. Yeah. It doesn't break the rules of the game. I think it would create a lot of cool art. That answer is worth 92 points because this year was the 92nd Academy Awards. Woo! Final question. Okay. If you magically traded net worths, or net's worth, if you'd like to be incorrect, okay. I think, with Jeff Bezos overnight. Sorry, not sorry, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. What would you do during your first 24 hours as the wealthiest person in America? Solve homelessness. Like, he could. He could fix the water crisis, solve Mm -hmm. homelessness, Mm -hmm. create like a COVID vaccine within five seconds. We're solving homelessness. We're we're solving the the water crisis, Mm -hmm. accelerating. The COVID-19 vaccine. Right, accelerating the COVID-19 vaccine. First, what's the first phone call you make that's not like you'll never believe this shit like what's the first one you make like we're solving homelessness who do you call first well it has to start locally so i guess i would get in touch with like any like i would try to get in touch with like local groups so like in la probably like knock la or like if Mm -hmm. you know certain like it would have to i would have to maybe go to each governor of every state and sort of break down like because I think there's different problems in different places. So it would probably take Definitely. longer than 24 hours because I would right, have right, to right. like be like, okay, what are they doing about this in Kentucky? What are the specific mm-hmm. problems? Whatever. So I guess maybe I would just do like, I would try to get like a, a Zoom call of all the governors in the US and we just like hop on a Zoom. Man, that is <laughs> so noble. And that would be just the most brutal work call I can imagine. And if, Everyone has to put as their background, like, the flag of their state. That's fun. And then we all go around and everyone says their name and their favorite thing about their state. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, like, a mnemonic so that we can remember. So, like, you'd be like, awesome, Alabama. And then just so that we can remember. (laughs) So we remember the state. Yeah. So you remember the 50 United States. Nutty, North Carolina. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Because we don't need we need to remember the names of the governors. It's right at the bottom of the Zoom window. <laughs> yeah, but like, what state are you from? Right, that's what people want to know. Sassy South Dakota. <laughs> Do Wyoming. Wacky Wyoming. That's fun. That's a fun. Yeah. These are all fun. Thank you. I love this. I mean, this answer obviously uh, fifty points for the fifty United States. <laughs> Yep, no doubt. Love it. That brings us to the end of our game of Badass with Money, making your total score 640 points, which is the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. How do you feel? Oh my God, that's I'm so glad. I thought I came here and I ruined the show, but I actually made it amazing. Yeah, you made it amazing. I, You weren't going to ruin it. That was not even on the table. This is terrific. As this week's grand prize winner, you have won a $100 contribution mm. to the cause or charity of your choice. Where will the money be going? It will be going to the LA LGBT Center. Wonderful. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, it's pretty, it sounds self-explanatory, <laughs> yeah. but can you tell me a little more about what they do? Uh, Yeah, so they host a lot of programs for like queer storytelling nights, queer cinema stuff. But they also, the thing that I really love is that they do a lot of healthcare stuff. So like I've gone there for STD tests or like if you, you know, they have like an urgent care or like it's like a very 
easy, accessible way for like queer people to get healthcare. So I, I, you know, I've used it in a pinch and I just think it's, it does a lot of really good work in it. I, you know, it deal, it deals with a very huge community in Los Angeles, especially as LA does have a large homeless community too. So yeah, it's good for housed and unhoused people, but it's, it's like a really nice little center. That's wonderful. That LA LGBT center. Mm -hmm. Great. I love it. I think that's such a wonderful cause, such a great use of that donation. Thank you. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world. That's great, Gabby. And finally, pep talks. Yes. Each of us will give a pep talk to a person or group that we think really needs it or deserves it at this moment. Okay. Could use it in a second. I'll go first. Yeah. My pep talk is for people who hate the cold. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere right now or relatively close to the equator, you can probably sit this one out. I mean, unless you're really far from the equator and then always cold, but this is not for you. I argue it could be. For everyone else who hates the cold weather, including people in Antarctica, I guess, but I hadn't really considered it, but you're not excluded from this. People in Antarctica, you can listen to. Take heart. You've done this before. You know how to get through the winter, whether you're dealing with blistering sub-zero temperatures or you live in Los Angeles and 50 degrees to you feels like freezer burn. You know what level of bundling up this time of year entails. Maybe you're a deranged New England light jacket masochist. Maybe you need long underwear and wool socks and gloves and a hat and a scarf and one of those big puffy coats that gives you the silhouette of like a designated hitter from the 90s. Whatever it takes, it's okay. Do what you gotta do, get through this time. Plus, the arrival of winter allays, at least briefly, the acute awareness of our looming climate catastrophe that you feel when it's 70 degrees in November in the northeast part of the United States. But that relief won't last all winter. The bitter cold is unpleasant and you hate it, but you've gotten through it before and you'll get through it again. Unlike many forms of bad news, this one is predictable and cyclical. It will slowly get worse, and then it slowly will get better. And even as things devolve, you can look forward to them... evolving? Revolving? Can't be right. But you know what I mean. You can look forward to them improving. You'll shiver, and you'll curse, and you'll pull your jacket tight until one day you're not clenching up quite so hard at the wind. And then another day soon, you're leaving your scarf hanging on the doorknob at home when you go out. And eventually, it'll be spring and you'll feel great. And then you'll see that one white guy wearing shorts and sandals already and think, okay, let's not go overboard here, big guy. Gabby, I would love to hear your really talk, beautiful. Please. <laughs> Thank you. Mine's a little bit more improvised, but this is what I thought of. Please. So <clears throat> I'd like to give a pep talk to liberals in the state of Florida. Look, we came close. People thought we were really gonna go blue. Like they thought Florida, traditional red state, they thought maybe this time Florida would go blue. Texas didn't go blue, they were pushing for that, it didn't. And then we were like, oh man, we went red again. But then Georgia went blue and that makes us look bad. Like <laughs> we like we were like, ah shoot, like, you know, it's just not possible or whatever. And then like Georgia did it and now we look like assholes. 
so it's disappointing. If you're a liberal person that lives in Florida, it can be disheartening because when you drive around there, there's a lot of Trump signs. It's confusing because like, if you live in like Key West, you would assume that that like sort of chill Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett attitude would lend itself to social policies that are sort of live and let live, right? But like, I, it, it doesn't. So anyway, I'm really sorry, liberals in Florida. I see you, I grew up in Florida. I'm sorry. Okay. I That wasn't really a pep talk because I don't really think that there's any like look like you you know you're in the you know you're in the right and maybe uh, it was it was so close and maybe the bad people will just be eaten by alligators at some point. I think that's <laughs> something we can take heart in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think there's hope for Florida yet. And that's been our show. I can think of no better place to call it. <laughs> That's been Make My Day. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. Thank you to this week's champion, Gabby Dunn. Gabby, where can people find you and your work? I'm on Instagram at Gabby Road. I'm also Mm -hmm. on Twitter at Gabby Dunn, but not as much. And I have a podcast called Just Between Us. And I have another podcast called Bad With Money. And I did an Audible original show called Apocalypse Untreated, which you can get on Audible. And I also have written like a ton of books. I don't know, find those. There's a Bad With Money book. I also had a graphic novel come out last year called Bury the Lead that I'm very proud of, so. I'll put all that information in the show notes and and put on the show's social media. And if you want to donate to the LA LGBT Center, I'll make that information available too. Yeah. Yeah. If you have your own answers to today's game of Badass with Money, tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman. Tweet them at Gabby if you'd like. She's not on Twitter as much. But I'd love to hear them. I want to know how you would spend these sums of money within the parameters allotted. And what crimes would you do? What crimes would you do? That's what everybody wants to know. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Well, that's all the Make My Day for today. Thank you once again for listening. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's a huge help to the show if you have a second to rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days.